0: Hey, there we go, there we go. It would not be Ask Akira on a Saturday at 12:30 if there wasn't one, one thing that didn't work from the get go. But now we're here. So shouts out to the chat. Shouts out to the chat. <laughs> and uh, now it should be working. Uh, incremental upgrade this week. I don't know if you can tell, but the lighting is slightly better lighting is slightly better and I've got like a little flexi uh flexi stand thing which has got the camera a little closer to my beautiful face yeah yeah so there you go anyway yeah what would I do without you guys huh what would I do without you guys I'd be sat here talking in silence for an hour like a goon of some kind but uh yeah How is everybody? Where is everybody? What is going on? Where are you? We need to know that. That's important. I'm in Los Angeles. It's a beautiful day to be alive. It was autumn this week for like two days and now it's gone back to being summer. I don't know how that works. I don't know how it can turn into autumn and be cold and rainy and then it goes right back to being summer. It's very, very odd, but I do like it. So Napsion in the chat says it looks like you're in heaven. Yes, yes, I think I might be. I think I might be. Um, I'm in a beautiful house with beautiful palm trees, and uh, my beautiful wife is wearing a face mask, and I think she's cleaning. She's pretty civilized. What are you doing, darling? What What are you up to? She's cleaning out the fridge. She's cleaning out the fridge. Amazing, amazing. How about that? Uh, Hercules has been ill, he's had a fever. Poor little Hercules, he had a fever. I was in the studio on Thursday, I think it was, and uh, they ring me up. Hercules and Wifey, they ring me up. Dada, when are you coming home, Dada? Mm. Oh no! So uh, I hopped on my scooter. Pium, pium, pium. Racing back from downtown Los Angeles to uh, West Hollywood. That's like a 10 mile, 10 mile route. I've been doing it on this e-scooter. I really, really love my e-scooter, man. It really opened up Los Angeles to me. It just really opened up the whole city in a way because you know i don't have a car and um uh, you know i'd get ubers or i'd get on the metro you know but you always feel like a prisoner you're in a metal box you know you're not you don't really you're not really in control of where you're going even if you're driving a car just the nature of traffic in los angeles just sat there a prisoner of traffic but on the e-scooter you're free the traffic's all gridded up you can zip in and out of the cars you can hop up on a Sidewalk, or whatever, you know, you, you're just free. The wind in your hair, like this beautiful city unfolding before you. Somehow, serendipitously enough, on my way into the studio, the sun it's like the sunrise. On my way back, it's the sunset. So I'm like riding into this beautiful vaporwave painting. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I'm listening to uh, John Vivaki and his Awakening from the Meaning Crisis. So I've got John Vivaki whispering sweet nothings in my ear. Pewm, pewm, just right in through the city feeling so free so free only problem is is some of the cars they don't like you being there they're like they think it's their road and their road alone and i, I know this shit because i used to ride a bicycle in london it was the same there, and they'd like certain people in cars they think it should only be cars on the road and uh they actively try and kill you they want they're like they actively try and like swerve and fuck you up and shit so you have to watch out for that there's a bit of that and I was having a bit of that on the way home uh, at this one section this one section on the final third of my journey so I hop on the pavement Uh, I got my light on it's night I can see like half a mile in front of me I can see there's no one there so I think that's cool but the fucking the roads and the pavements in Los Angeles are really really are you know people are always like uh, oh we need the government because like Who's going to fix the roads? Well, I would say that Los Angeles roads are a great argument for zero government because the roads are appalling. And it's like, well, if you can't get the roads right, like, what can you do? Anyway, there's like a giant, like jutting, like six inches of concrete just raised up, and it comes at me, and it's like I can't avoid it. I can't swerve left; that would be going into traffic. Can't go right; that would uh, put me uh, over like a bridge. I'm at a bridge bit, so I just hit the thing, and I go like a flame. Smashing the pavement. This wrist takes the brunt of it, so the wrist has been kind of balked. uh, I was really lucky, man. I didn't get thrown into the road. I got thrown sort of just into the pavement, to the right-hand side. And uh, Yeah, just smashed up my arm a bit and my knee and shit. And uh, my beautiful scooter, God bless her, her neck snapped. neck snapped into it. God bless her. We'll fix it. We will fix it. I resolved. I resolved there and then. I would fix her or I would avenge her. And um, turns out I can fix her. I found a spare part on Amazon. boom So, yeah. But um Joshua Tran says, What e-scooter do you have? I have a uh, Mac Wheel scooter that I got from Amazon for $370. And uh, it's already provided its value 10 times over. It certainly has. Now, they're not quite there. Yet. They're not quite there yet. My wife made a great observation last night. She's like, basically this e scooter thing is the closest we've come so far to the back to the future hoverboard dream. It's like going in that direction. It's like we're not there yet, but this is we're moving in that direction. That's what the e-scooter thing yes. is. The e scooter and the uh the, those little you seen these things with like one wheel. It's like a platform on one wheel. I saw the guy from LMFAO, what's his face? Why fool or something? Uh, I saw him riding one of those, holding an iPad, FaceTiming his mom or some shit. Oh man, he's a funny guy. <coughs> hey, what up Synapse here? Thank you for the super chat, I said here's for some health. Hey, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool, I'm cool. Um, Racco, the Don, what are your thoughts on Jesus? Uh, yeah, I would say he's a righteous dude. He's a righteous dude. I just got to the bit of um, of John Vivaki's Meaning Crisis where he's talking about uh, Stoics, the Stoics and the Christians, Stoicism and the Christianity, and they kind of what they've got in common. And he's talking about logos and shit. It's sick, sick. Good old Meaning Crisis. It's one of my favorite things about this whole Scoopery thing is just getting to listen to like two episodes of the Meaning Crisis every day. It's so good. Oh my god, if you haven't listened to it, you really should. Uh, I really recommend it. It's great. It's like a, it's like a history of consciousness. It's kind of a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like a history of humanity, a history of human consciousness, a history of thought a history of critical thought. It's like, it's in sequence, goes through how we got here, and kind of, I guess, the idea is, is, his thesis, oh, whatever, is that um, that we're suffering some kind of meaning crisis here in the West, and it's like, what can we do? To overcome that it's because we've been there before he detailed in when i was listening to a couple of days ago about how after alexander the great uh there was kind of like a meaning crisis because uh alexander the great died away like when he was 33 and he didn't he didn't have shit set up so like his generals warred amongst themselves uh and that meant that you know the territories all got split up between like four warring dudes and no, you're like one minute you're in like Rome, and next minute you're in Spain or something. You don't know where you are culturally. You're like you lose your home. What did he call it? What's the word? ah uh, domicide. Domicide. Yeah, like the death of one's home, the lack of one's home, that connection to where you came from. You know, like when you wake up one day and like suddenly people, your people are speaking different languages and worshiping different gods and shit like that. It's like you have this disconnected. There's this little little meaning crisis. It's interesting shit. Anyway anyway yeah and i'm kind of like you know there's so much i want to sample in this goddamn thing it's very tricky i've uh i'll be scooting along that uh, shit i want to sample that stop make a little note of the time blah 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 i got fucking hundreds of them by this point oh, my god uh michael boyery boyery says dunkel tr- duncan trussell way if i love duncan trussell that's that's uh that's another righteous droog right there He's definitely a righteous dude. He's a very interesting cat We've had a few exchanges on Twitter and uh, there's definitely some stuff of his that I've heard that was Work so yeah, that could well happen that could well happen. Hey, where is everybody? I need to where you know where you're at. We haven't done our ritual We need to do our ritual so we can get this thing cracking. Also, I apologize for like my messy beard I I didn't uh, oil it yet So yeah, I'm a a mess but like not too bad. I'm okay I'm okay, um, I'm okay. Right, yeah, what's going on? Synapsion says he's got meaning Wave playing on one speaker and this podcast on the other. Yo, that's multitasking at a fucking powerful level. Proud of you. Proud of you. Uh, Synapsion said I love that Gookwin music. Gookwin, Gookwin, yeah, thanks man. Thanks, lots of people saying we can't hear you. That was from earlier. All right, one up to Gregory and young 10 year old Charles in South Carolina. What a Michael in Portland. What a sign out scene in Texas, Canyon Lake. Uh, Mike Beaumont in the rainy old Lake Districts. I believe that's the UK, oh my goodness. People go there on holiday, I have no idea why. Julie is uh, in Atlanta. First non-90 degree plus day in Atlanta in about 100 days. Well, my commiserations, summer can't last forever much as we wish it would. Uh, Spencer, do you live in LA now? I do, I do. Uh, racco no he was asking my Jesus all right Liz a mentalist government indeed Spencer red fool okay yes it was red food uh, god damn it god damn it I've just lost everything. Oh, okay Aaron's in Michigan someone's an MD people are everywhere there you go boom that's all we need to know All we need to know is that we're all locked in it's an international broadcast uh, so we're gonna do the international high-five cock back Oh, hang on, I've got a good sound effect for that. Haha! All right. A three, two, one. Bah! Yeah! Yeah! There you go. That worked out nicely. That worked out nicely. Marvellous. Marvellous. That uh, Jasper in Sweden. Slight Basifast in Colorado man nice dreams in India and Spencer's in Indiana and that was back-to-back a rest's in New York it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing all right boom let's answer some questions let's do that since that's what we're here for and uh, yeah well ah uh, well here's a great question to to kick things off with <laughs> shout out to Sir who sends me over the questions five minutes before the broadcast every week it's a wonderful thing Shout out to YouTube hero Alex, who's out there doing some mod activities. Wonderful work, appreciate you. So, uh, Tan Tan Yikana, Tan Yikiana, Tan Kiana, Tan Kiana. Probably got that completely wrong. What a wonderful wealth of names there are on this sweet earth. Anyway, Tan Kinya, Kinya. Now, said, how did you find your wife? And what parts of your relationship have been most integral in creating a strong relationship and a happy family life? Ooh, these are good questions. You could probably ask, ask the you could ask them all to wife. but uh, I met uh, my wife in school when we were 11 and 12, 11 and twelve. I was one year above her, I believe, and it was like. There were some homies, it was like, I'd, you know, you got these little friendship groups and it was like, we had a little dude friendship group and then she had a little chick friendship group and we'd kind of like hang out, like face off and playground on one wall, looking at the other wall. And uh, we, was, we was friends and um, we used to walk down to the, from the school, after school we used to walk down into the local town, which was Bangor and uh, go to the record shop and uh, look at seven inch singles and talk about philosophy. Apparently, I can't really remember. I have a terrible, terrible memory, but I, I kind of remember a bit. And, um, yeah, and she remembers better than me. But then I left school um, as soon as I could, as soon as I could. After my GCSEs, when I was sixteen, and I left school and went running off around the country, having adventures, you know, getting in trouble, living life. And uh, so many years later, in my early twenties, like twenty-one or something, 21? 20, 22, 23, 24, shit, it was 24, all right, 24. It was 24, and uh, I was at the Superfairy Animals concert in London, and I saw this beautiful woman walking down some stairs towards me in a red dress, holding a pint of wine, (laughs) speak truth. And uh, and it was her, it was her, it was like, oh shit, whatever, Charlotte, I remember you, because you were grown up and shit. Man, last time I saw you, I think I was puking in your sink at one of those parties. They used to have good goodness when we were 14 and uh, yeah that was that and then she came and saw me uh dj no i wasn't djing wade my homie was djing and i was rapping over the top of his djing with my mic that was plugged into a he-man sword i think that's how i was getting down there i was like rapping over uh johnny cash loops and shit of that nature and uh, obviously she was very impressed by this and was like wow look at this he's a rock star oh my goodness And, uh, yeah, then we've been together ever since, pretty much. I was supposed to get, uh, shit, what's that, like, 12 years ago? 13, 14 years ago? And we got married in, uh, 2011, I think? When did we get married? She's gone. I think it was 2011, but yeah. So it's really, it's been really great for me, because, you know, I didn't have to deal with, like, Facebook dating or any of that sort of business, and, like, uh, you know... (laughs) Um, I always tell how old how long we've been together because her sister fell pregnant when we were uh, courting and uh, I was the first person to babysit that little girl Sophie, God bless her she's a wonderful child and uh, we're flying them out to spend Christmas with us I'm very excited, and uh, Sophie's a teenager now. She had a teenager, so like when when Charlotte and I got together, she didn't exist, you know. And then she did exist, and now she's a young teenager, and uh, she like apparently she follows Tom Holland on Instagram. Charlotte noticed because she looked at Tom Holland's Instagram and saw that little little Sophie had been leaving likes on all these pictures, which is very cute. Very cute. Um, but yeah, what were you saying? What parts of your relationship have been the most integral in creating a strong relationship and a happy family life? Well, wow. well, maybe I should ask, shut up. Shut up! Wife! Oh, I don't know where she is. Anyway, well, maybe we can ask her another time. But um, what would I say, the most integral? Well, you know, we're, we're very um, honest with each other. and. Uh, sometimes in a way that maybe you don't want to be because it's uncomfortable and You know we've kind of resolved to tell each other when the other one is not living up to uh, You know what they were supposed to be living up to That type of thing And um, you know we were together basically like we've both sacrificed a lot and Charlotte certainly sacrificed a lot for like Us to be where we are now. I mean, it's pretty being married to a musician uh, particularly married to a I'm not particularly successful musician, <laughs> you know, of course I wasn't particularly successful for quite a while, but I kept going because you have to do that. You don't just become successful. You have to be unsuccessful for quite a while until you're successful. Or like you, you, you get a bit of success and then you have years of, of not before you have another flash, you know. And, uh, and, um, you know, what we've, I think um, it's been working together you know, we just, we worked together and um, we, you know, created, created a shared life and shared sort of dreams and, and uh, we worked together to achieve them and were, you know, honest with each other and uh, supportive of each other. She's been incredibly supportive of me, uh, you know, and like she sacrificed so much in a way that sometimes I I take for granted and then I'll step back a bit and think about it and be like wow or like I'll get an Uber and I'll be talking to the Uber driver and and he's like wait it's two in the morning and you're just coming back from the studio and your wife's okay with that like no wow and it's like wait you you moved to Los Angeles and for the first year you were out here sleeping on your homie's floor getting DJ work while your wife and and her child like slept in the spare room at her mum's apartment while you got it together like what the hell who, who would do that shit so um, yeah strong relationship and happy family life strong relationship and happy family life well yeah you know it's just, it's that foundation of a, of, uh, of a shared here's one thing I would say uh, we think of our, ourselves as uh, a dynasty you know it's not just like I mean, she's her, and then we have a kid. It's like we are a dynasty, and we're forging something. And we're, we're forging something that will last beyond us, and will keep unfolding, unfolding into the ages. And uh, that's good. That helps. You know, you have a shared purpose, I guess, and a shared meaning. And uh, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, I'm very, uh, very glad, man. I don't know what I would be doing otherwise. I don't know where I would be otherwise. Mm. I could've, shit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Super Animals. Shout out to my school. Uh, yeah. Uh, Donna Trump Lover says collab, question mark, winky face, fire. What does that mean? Oh! <laughs> I could have vets At Donald Trump lover on uh, Instagram hit me up and was like, yo, my fans think we should collab. I was like, all right, well, so. It's a weird way of approaching someone like, my fans think you should know. She goes, yeah, my fans said we should collab, and then I looked at your stuff and it's really cool. So, okay, that's all right, that bit. And, uh, but I don't know what we would do together. Um, she's uh, this interesting character, it seems, sort of like, she's like a blonde Russian, claims to be Donald Trump's third daughter. She does a lot of uh, sort of like amusing trolling type of activities. So I don't know what we would do, but I, sh- I should respond to her DM. That's what I'll do. I'll-, I'll respond to the DM, but I don't know what we would do together, Donald Trump lover. Um, I'm, n- I'm not like a troll. I like trolls, don't get me wrong. Trolling is very important. Uh, I got a message the other day saying that Copper Cab had finally discovered the song i made sampling him in 2012 and he was dancing on stream to it and he was very excited and happy and that made me happy plus that copper cap now he's an incredible troll he's like a he's a grade a like nuclear level genius troll um <coughs> an incredible incredible character and when you see where he came from you know i don't know if you know who i'm talking about here but there was basically in 2012 there was a kid and he was like this ginger kid he had like red hair obviously and people were bullying him or whatever so he recorded this video and he was just shouting into the video about how like basically like fuck you. you you can't bully me i like how dare you who do you think you are and he's like said the immortal line gingers have souls and uh it was brilliant it was quite brilliant i sampled it and made it into a song it really touched me you know and i really felt for him and i was like i, tr- I-, I recorded a little bit of speaking at the beginning of the song so i wanted to point out like i wasn't mocking him uh, I really like fell for him and um, I really kind of like admired his uh, passion and delivery and fortitude to be like you know put himself out there and be like I will not be you know cowed by you rock bags and then South Park did a um, parody on it or whatever and then you know now we, and then <laughs> I forgot about him as you do then a year or so ago, I was like, I remembered. I was like, oh, and I looked him up, and uh, he'd he'd come out as trans, but like he came out as trans, and uh, riled a lot of people up. And then he suddenly wasn't trans anymore, and he had shaved his head, and he'd get really hench, and he was going to the gym, and he was challenging Gavin McGinnis to fights. It was it was amazing. Like holy cow, this guy's epic. What uh, an epic life. Anyway, yeah. Shout out to the uh, meme class of 2012. Uh, shout out to Chef Boyardee. I don't know if anyone remembers Chef Boyardee. He did these brilliant Dilbert parodies. Uh, if you Google uh, Dilbert two and three, you'll find some very really strange things on YouTube. They're very beautiful. They're very, very beautiful. And uh, I always wonder what Scott Adams thinks, thought about them. And I've asked him a couple of times and he always manages to sort of skirt the question. So. He recently started drawing Dilbert in a style very reminiscent of the Seaboy ID cartoons and I asked him if uh, he was inspired by that and he said no, he was inspired by drawing how he imagined Jake Tapper saw the world, which is kind of funny. Um, Dana, Dana on Facebook says, for the amazing Gookuin lo-fi beat you released with video on YouTube this week, I wanted to ask how you stumbled upon the evil Mickey Mouse cartoon. What's your interpretation of it in the context of both that literal war era and how it relates on a bigger picture today love the trippy cartoons you've added to the beats keep up the awesome work as always hey thank you that's good that's um, good i'm glad people like that stuff because uh it's a lot of work to be getting a video out every day on youtube and to make all these visuals and um stuff it really is now Uh, So that was an instrument the instrumental for the nobody likes beats track, which I put on lo-fi beats Two, as amazing Gookin beat I believe I called it and uh, the visual for that we dropped this week I was basically I went down a little wormhole of uh, research I was like I want because it's like we all know The uh, the early animation in the West right early Western animation, you know, it's like Felix the cat Mickey Mouse and stuff. We kind of know that. And it's interestingly been reinterpreted recently and stuff like Cuphead and Bending the Ink Machine, that that old rubber rubber hose animation style. But I was like, I wonder what the Japanese were up to. So I was looking into that and they were doing some weird stuff, Bubba. And uh, it's kind of creepy. The very first Japanese animation I can find is a of sto- weird story about an old man who has a giant growth on his face. And he's like trying to get the growth off it was just like gross it's horrible it's kind of very very beautiful line art almost like uh when you like you know you woodblock type art um but yeah it was too gross for me to use in anything i don't like gross things <laughs> i really don't uh, i like beauty Yeah, you know for the most part but then I found that Evil Mickey thing and that was uh, that was a bit later. That was done in 1934 and it was sort of predicting 1936. And it's, it's this Japanese sort of war propaganda animation. Um, it's pretty amazing, you know, and uh, it's kind of interesting, the prediction of, of uh, Disney, essentially. Because I guess in, in that cartoon, Evil Mickey Mouse symbolizes the USA because, you know, they had some beef at that point, type thing. It's <laughs> one way of putting it. You know, there was, there was global beef going on. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that Norm Macdonald pit. He's talking about, like, Germany. <laughs> He's like, Germany started a war with the world, the whole world, and they nearly won. It's like, you know, why is Germany still allowed to exist? Because they did that twice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, some would argue that they're doing it again now, sneakily via the EU. Hmm. Hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, so that animation, and it's this this dope. if you haven't seen it, I dropped it this week on Wednesday, I think. And yeah, it's like I basically took footage from this 1934 uh, Japanese war propaganda animation, and it shows Mickey Mouse like riding a kind of evil Mickey bat and attacking Japan and like launching missiles and all this shit. And he's got an army of snakes with him, right? And he's got an army of snakes and uh, and they attack in Japan. And Japan's just just chilling, they're just dancing. They're all out there on the street, they're dancing. They've got a Felix cat type dude and some ladies and shit and they're just having a nice time dancing. And then they're like a noise and they look up and whoa, fuck, it's evil Mickey Mouse and he's coming for us, what? You know, they destroy him in the end. And the way they destroy him is that they, uh, they kind of take away all his vitality and force and like render him old and lame. And then they laugh, they laugh at him. They they laugh at him after he nearly kills them all. And then they go back to dancing. And it's really interesting, like, if you parallel that with now, with like basically Disney, like the corporation has become this like, thing that's attacking culture and trying to enforce itself on culture and all of our stories and our mythology and all this stuff. And uh, you know, you could say the snakes, the snakes of the shill media. Who prop up like whatever it is Disney are doing and pretend all their films are really good and like you know what I mean like uh, all that type of stuff and then but then the way that Disney's defeated in the little short is that uh, it's kind of its vitality it's it's like shown that it's actually like this lame old creepy old thing and uh, and they laugh at it and then it just like it sort of crumbles off all ancient and that's kind of like what's happening. It's like uh, Generation Z and YouTube and young stuff, young media and all this is kind of showing this, this behemoth to be, this actually, they should show what it is, which is this crumbling, ancient, creepy, old fucking thing. And they laugh at it. And that takes away its power. All these people with YouTube channels kind of like mocking Disney, Star Wars and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. So you can look at it. It's that basically. That. I saw that. That's one thing that I saw, but you know, like I saw the Rorschach test. You know, you see what you want to see, to a degree, to a degree. Hey, uh, hey, chat. What's going on, chat? What's going on, chat? Uh, Bruno says, "How do you select the persons that talk in your mixes?" Well the uh, the times call forth the speaker. The times call forth the speaker. You know, so um, I don't I don't even select him half the time. It's like, that's the right person for right now, and that's the right person for what the message that needs to be told right now. And I have this, you know, overarching story I'm telling with the thing. There's a journey of it. So it's like, all right, this, rebel wisdom those guys they're very they're what they're doing is um they're documenting the emerging conversation is i think how they put it so it's like there's people and they're they're trying to make sense of this new world that's unfurling quicker than we can understand it so uh what they're doing is tracking the conversation that's what they're doing you know and um what i'm doing is um how would i put it it's like there is an emerging conversation there's an emerging well there's an emerging consciousness an emerging conversation we're undergoing change we're being born all of this and there are stories and there are there is speech that can help us to uh, understand this and navigate it and be prepared for it um you know so that's what that's what we're up to so i would be like okay well this concept we kind of need to understand this concept well and integrate it and understand it so let me find someone who's talking about it or the best person who can the person who can best describe it and that can best be put into pop song format so that we can integrate it and uh, and move forward. So it's kinda like that. And then sometimes I'll just hear some shit and be like, oh my god that's dope. I need to sample that. Quite often. (laughs) And then sometimes that they cross, you know, sometimes I'll be like, man, I kind of want to I want to talk about this issue and then something will present itself. It's perfect. Uh, Mushroom Wobbit says in your JVP interview, you mentioned hyper productivity and zone inhabitation. And I wanted to know if you could elaborate on how to do that since I have a lot I need to do in a short amount of time. (laughs) Well, uh, I've talked about this quite a lot recently. So I think the last, if you go back and the Ask Akira archive from the past couple of episodes, like, Um, within the last five or whatever I've talked about that quite a lot and um, so go back and listen to those and if there's anything more you want to know come back we can talk about it more maybe I need to do some very specific like how to like videos but we have talked about that quite a lot to get on that but you know uh, the core principle is uh, get in the zone First, you've got to get in the zone and uh, then you don't leave. And uh, to get in the zone itself, I guess I've spoken about that less, but to get in the zone itself, you first need a degree of competence at what you're doing. So you need quite a high level of competence, um, whatever it is you're doing. Um, So that involves like picking a thing and practicing it basically. So you need to start getting quite good at whatever it is you want to do. And, uh, once you've been doing that for a bit, then you, then you'll be able to start getting in the zone and, um, you can't, you to get in the zone. You need to be in the area between complete confidence and complete potential for disaster. So you need to be very good at thing, but you need to be out on the edge of your abilities at it, you know? So, uh, um, one thing I discovered about e-scooting <laughs> across Los Angeles listening to um you know it's like material listening to kind of high high level material is i found i could integrate it way better than if i was sitting down which is interesting and i realized it's partly to do with the zone thing because um i'm out there on this goddamn e-scooter and at any given point someone could kill me you know so i'm out there and it's you're kind of on the edge of your abilities as a human like Moving you're like, all right, I've always been pretty good at moving. I've worked out how to walk a while ago, but now I'm on this thing and it's pretty fast and I'm having to pay attention, and look left and right and all this, and so you're paying attention and you're making sure you don't die and at the same time you're listening to this stuff, and it seems that I'm able to uh, imbue the stuff at a at a higher density and a higher retention rate in that kind of uh, mode compared to if I'm just sat down uh. on a a train or something so that's interesting but yeah you know in the zone get in the zone you need to be kind of out out on the edge of your abilities so one thing I would say is you need to be constantly making things a bit difficult for yourself and constantly uh, adding something new to your repertoire adding a new skill or adding a new level of skill to what you're doing so so every time I make an album I introduce a new piece of equipment or a new plugin or a new new, just some new thing that's going to make it a bit tricky for me I remember um, a long time ago, uh, there's this band called Blur and the guitarist Graham Coxon said that you know, by the time they made their third album, he was too fucking good at playing guitar. And so he couldn't write songs as well as when he first started because he was too good. He was just too easy. Uh, so what he did was he unlearned guitar and he'd, like, he'd like strap his hand down and like tie shit around it and stuff like that to make it a bit more difficult for him and uh he made song and in that process he made song two, which was their biggest song that ended up being their biggest song so i always thought that was interesting ryan says what do you think about an album dedicated to flow states yes that's one of the things i want to do um so i'm I'm still you know working on understanding it better and i need to read some more stuff and listen to more some more people but i'm, I'm going down some interesting rabbit holes and i've been uh, Bookmarking some really good bits of information. So that's definitely something uh, That would be useful Chris Genevieve says hey Kira I'd like to use one of your JBP tracks in a documentary film I think it's very appropriate for the film and I'd love to get your permission Where do I send you the information about this? Well, you can send me an email Uh, Well, what's the best email Uh, would be? Letitia s Jones at gmail.com. So that's the email that's on my Twitter and it's in Facebook and stuff. That's the best email. I'll write it in the chat now. There you go. Uh, Andrew says, ooh, shut up. "Andrew says I'm about your age, and my DJ knowledge is limited. If I wanted to create Meaning Wave, what few basic DJ skills should I learn to create Meaning Wave?" Um, well, uh, first off, I would say that Meaning Wave is, is what like that's my like brand and all that type of stuff I would say if you wanted to make so you only I can do that and that's why it says Architect of the Meaning Wave Universe on um on my Twitter bio but if you wanted to make music with words like Logos music um um, well all you need to do is, is find some words and find some music now I don't know how if you can make music or not but uh It's not that difficult. And uh, there are 12-year-olds on YouTube who will show you how to do everything. That's what I was saying, it's true. I worked all this stuff out myself There wasn't YouTube when I started. So I just kind of hit buttons until they made the noises I wanted them to make. Stuff of that nature. Like, I taught myself how to use Fruity Loops and Acid and and all those things. and, And to record and make beats. Now, what happened was, as a result of that, I was doing things very wrong. I was doing things very wrong for a long time. Uh, certain and there's some things I'm still doing wrong but what's good about that is the wrong has basically become my sound so you know the stuff that you do wrong that can become the thing that makes you uniquely you you know uh, that's important it's important that you can develop a sound that's uniquely you because you know as Naval so very succinctly put it uh, no one can compete with you on being you you know if you are you If you're 100% you, no one else can do that. And they might be able to copy it for like three weeks, but then, you know, as you change, they've got to try and keep up and stuff. Like, that's a hard job. Kanye got that shit all figured out. But, you know, if you want to make some music that combines speech and and, and music, then uh, just do it like make some music and put some speech on it uh, pick you need a DAW that's a digital audio workstation well you don't actually I mean people would make a music without DAWs but if you're in the modern world you've got a computer that's probably the best way of going about it pick a DAW so just go on YouTube type in best DAW 2019 watch some videos of people using DAWs and whichever one looks most intuitive to you whichever one you go yeah I think I kind of understand that go with that one they all do the same thing ultimately and then just learn it inside out Uh, Well, and here's the the other thing I would say is uh, just immediately start making songs. And that's how you learn. You know, you learn on the job. So make a song then make another song, make another song. And don't make a song and try and get it perfect. All right, just make a song and say, all right, I'm giving myself six hours to make a song and that's it. All right, so you give yourself six hours, do it. Boom, move on, move on, move on, move on. And you'll keep making mistakes and it won't be exactly as you want. But each time you do another one, you get a bit better every time. Whereas if you just keep laboring on the same one, like you're not going to progress as, as quick, you know? So I would say do that. And uh, and then you can work out, you know, you can work out your style, you can work out your sound, you can work out what you want to do, like how you want it to be. Anyone can do that. And by the way, I mean, I just said use a computer, but you could do it use a phone now. There's apps for making music on phones that are really good. Like there's so many ways you can make music in, in uh, 2019 it's fucking amazing so yeah just start man just start just start um okay Joseph Iris says I like what you're saying bro well yeah oh he says they call it walking on the razor's edge in Tantra try to get more energy and don't lose it yeah it's a bit like a computer game thing like you be uh you really pick up energy out there, you know. You go out there on the edge thing, and, bzzz, and it's all crackling and shit. And you can pick that up, and you can harness it, and you can have it, and you can keep it. And you keep moving with it. You know. And the more you do that, the more it works. Uh. Yeah. Now, come, come, Jane. What a lovely name. Says, can you give us some thoughts about how you composed your music? What inspired you? Etc. Cetera? Etc. Cetera. Huh. 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 Man, this week, it's very different for every different thing. Sometimes I wake up with a melody in my head from a dream. And uh, sometimes uh, things pop into my head as I'm walking around. Sometimes I hear things and I want to sample them or, or they, they give me ideas for something I want to do. There's, there's so many methods and ways. And like I said, I try and switch it up for each project I do. So I'm starting a new project right now. And uh, I couldn't sleep on Wednesday. And I realized, oh shit, for this one, I really need to take it back to the essence. I need to, I haven't been sampling like records for years, years and years and years. And what I used to do when I started, and it was so joyful, the way I started, I remember I had a song called, all I need is a beat and a sample. Cause that's what I, the way I would do it, I would just sample a little loop from something and I'd have a beat and I'd put them together and then a rap on the top, have a song. It's like, wow, it's so magical. Me and my homie, Bird Dog, who was my DJ, we used to play a game where we'd go to a charity store and uh, we'd just like blind buy 10 records and we'd take them back to the crib and uh, we'd smoke some weed and then we just drop the needle on the record and wherever it hit, we had to sample from that point and that would be the beginning of the song and we made so much dope stuff that way um, like limits, putting limits on yourself always creates interesting shit um, anyway, so I had this epiphany at like 3am on Wednesday I was like, oh shit, I need to reintroduce like records to my thing and like going and buying old records and finding weird old sounds um, so i did I put, I, put a, I put a record player on my desk and hooked it up to my big knob and it worked perfectly i went out and bought a stack of records but oh here's what happened i had this vision in my head of what i wanted it to sound like the sound i wanted and the sound was this kind of like old orchestral hawaiian sort of tropical sp- strings from like 1958 type vibe with dusty record crackle and Just a feeling of just like blissful and sort of sweet nostalgia, but like in a in a really optimistic sort of fashion. It was very specific, and I had this stack of records in my studio that I nearly threw away last week. Cause it's like, why have I got this stack of old records that I bought years ago when I was doing a similar experiment? Anyway, the top record I picked up it was called Caribbean Cruise. I was like, "Mm, this interesting, this is kind of cool and I drop it on the record player and I just drop the needle and the needle that hits the start of track two and it was the exact sound I wanted. It was the exact sound I wanted. I couldn't fucking believe it. I had like every fucking hair on on me, like stood an end and I just got like this fucking insane, like all, all over body chill. It was crazy. And uh, I instantly like sampled it in Serato sample, which is a new piece of software. I, I decided that's the new piece of software I figured I'd implement and try out, put that in. And I uh, immediately found these perfect little like cue point chops and sort of triggered those and played those and it sounded amazing. I played some drums over the top. The first thing I did was perfect. It was so magical. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one way I've been composing stuff re- this week. <laughs> uh, WMIV says, you've said that you hear melodies in people's speech, which makes me curious if you ever see certain colors when you hear certain sounds. Thank you for the great music and inspiration. Yeah, I do, I do. And uh, I just used to think that was was universal, but apparently it's not the case. Not everybody does, but yeah, I do. So I group um, I group all my sounds by color when I'm working and I have them all colored because I kind of always saw them in a certain kind of color frequency. And uh, my wife was asking me the other day, I use these pad instruments with like, you know, hundred pads on them. She's like, how do you know what the fuck each one is? And uh, part of what I do is I have color coding systems so I know what things are. But yeah, I do, um, I do uh, see certain sounds in certain colors and certain shapes of certain audio frequencies have color and shape to them, and, uh, yeah. Which is helpful for organizational purposes and working out where things go. Uh, YouFu says, you recently talked a lot about synchronicities. What do you think about Deja Vu? Do you have it sometimes, or do you manage to avoid it by always doing new things? Yeah, I don't know about deja vu. Um, I know know people that had it. Um, I've only had it, I think, what it is, it's where you like, I've been here before, right? Um, I've had like a couple of like weird future flashes where I've sort of seen the future. And I had that weird experience where, um, when I was a kid and um, I was, uh, after school, I went down low banger and um, I suddenly saw everything that had ever been in that one space and ever would be all at once, which was kind of odd. Like the buildings when they were short and when they were tall and the people when they were stood here and when they were over there and then as they were born type thing, got like trailing off like sort of worms. Um, but I don't know what that is. And it only happened that one time. So yeah, I don't know i mean i do always i do try and be doing new things as much as possible but very quickly new things become not new things you have to be really switching things up fast humans adapt so quickly um inferno 0806 meaning wave featuring bob ross duh mega duh. we were talking about that last night uh yeah maybe more stanley and jack kirby that would be nice that would be nice I love them both I love them both so yeah don't, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those things happened frankly I would not Dinah says I have whole movies in my head when I listen to music when I look at a photo when I read when I was in kindergarten I got reprimanded for daydreaming nowadays they would shop me full of drugs yeah well you want to probably stay away from those schools I would say stay away from those schools and keep on daydreaming baby keep on daydreaming there's really good Calvin and Hobbes about that. Um, two more Vs, my guy. So since you started the hyper productivity experiment, did you ever have longer, more extreme phases of depression or general negative vibes plaguing you? Actually, no, the opposite. The opposite has been the case. I've had very little of that since. Um, very little. I've had like maybe one. I used to call it funk. I used to get it like once a month or something. We'd have to ask my wife how often I got it. But I'd get it. I'd be like for a few days or whatever. I'd just be like, "Mm hmm. Like it'd be very difficult to see the good. But yeah, maybe it was because I kicked off phase two of the hyper productivity experiment with the the release of the Jocko album and the good single. And that's just been there. (laughs) Excuse me. I've gone full blend on weights. That's just been there ever since. So that always kicks in they all yeah they all good but no I'm a, I don't know I mean sometimes I'm not sure what's contributing to it I don't know whether it's hyper productivity or the fact that I went all meat in my diet shit of that nature but like the cleaner I be living like the cleaner the diet and the more congruent with work and family and the better the sleep then the, the fewer the problems you know so it might be that maybe you need more sleep you know it might be that maybe uh, something you're eating isn't working out for you or it might be that you're uh, ignoring one part of your life that needs attention you know so those are things to check out and the old exercise thing the old exercise thing which is something I really haven't that's the thing that's missing I would say for me that's the bit that I have been neglecting is that so that's the next thing I need to really get on get on um, yeah, yeah, all right. Um Chris Wonderland said, someone asked me this recently, why aren't there any prominent female philosophers showcased in this awakening movement when it comes to the music meaning wave or just powerful, widely recognized, most of our speeches to bear your life? My answer is this, whereas I have seen many influential women past, present, recognized for their wisdom, speak and empower me. But the fact that I could not remember their names the way I do the men and I never, never listen to the female motivational speakers on a regular basis, makes me think that that's not the full answer. So I pass this on to the Don. And I have the answer. Um, and uh, I'm not really interested in the question. Uh, not meaning to sound rude or anything there, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think this kind of, why aren't there more female bricklayers? Or why aren't there more male ballet down, I don't know, whatever? Ballet dancers, is that mostly? I mean, I don't care, personally. All I care about is, like, uh, uh, like, us all working together and uh, becoming as great as we can. And uh, certainly there are female people speaking and saying things of use. And uh, certainly there seem to be more males in the motivational area. Maybe it's just that, that where masculine way of approaching things suits that avenue better because it's just an avenue, it's just a delivery mechanism, right? Those, which is something I've said about this, this is like a delivery mechanism for like ideas and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, I did that Reva Records, right? And I kind of want to do a whole album with her. She's amazing, she's very interesting, and she has a lot to say. And um, the, you know. I don't fucking. I don't have the answers to these things, and I haven't thought about it that much, and I'm certainly no expert in like uh, evolutionary biology and things of that nature. So I don't know, man. But if uh, you know, if you're a female and you want to do this sort of thing, I wouldn't let the fact that not many other females have done it stop you. Obviously, that's no reason to not do a thing. And at the same time, I wouldn't be like think it's really awful that that there are. Like, I don't think we all necessarily have to be all doing the same fucking thing all times. Like, um, I can't remember who said it, but like, you know, women can do all the things that men can't. So I kind of think sometimes looking at the things that men do and being like, wow, more women doing things that those things that men do. It's like, women do a whole, like, galaxy of stuff that men cannot. And uh, we should be kind of. Celebrating more of that, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Joseph, Ira, I listened to seven CDs from Sounds True about archetypes. Ever check out Carolyn Mass? Did you know Martin Luther King, Che Guevara, and Gandhi were all spoken to Uganda about peace? No, I didn't. But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, guess who's been cancelled this week? That's right, your homie Gandhi. Your homie Gandhi's been cancelled this week. Apparently, uh, he's got some. Uh, some reflections, some writings on women and uh, and people of color. Apparently, that aren't like uh, in step with twenty nineteen standards or some shit. I don't know. I haven't looked at it myself, but apparently they're canceling Gandhi, So boom, who's next? We should have a we should have a death poll. There should be maybe there is. We need a who's we need a cancelled death poll to see who's going to get cancelled next. Hey, maybe it's me. Maybe it's for me for not being really angry that there aren't. Um, as the, ex- the exact same amount of uh, prominent female philosophers, or something. I don't know. Don't they cancel Jermaine Greer? You know what I mean? Didn't they cancel. Um, uh, like, they keep canceling them. They keep canceling him. You might want to be canceling your prominent female philosophers. If you're, you think there should be more of them, don't cancel them. God damn it. Cyclops924 says you can't get rich renting out your time. That's facts. Robert Kiyosaki says the trick to this is duplication. Have you ever thought about trying to duplicate yourself? Yes. By mentoring other DJs, artists, under the Meaning Wave banner. Do you think that could work for the Meaning Wave universe? Possibly. Possibly, I have considered it. um, uh, Basically, uh, you know, I don't think I've fully refined my own processes yet. Frankly, I'm still um, getting there. So I, I still have some work to do first. But uh, here's the thing, you know, you don't truly know a thing until you can teach it to someone else, do you? <laughs> what was the thing? I was watching the brilliant Norm, the I'm oh, Not Norm channel, the other day, and there was a clip of him talking to Jerry Seinfeld, and uh, he saying says to Jerry Seinfeld, you know, you're a, you're like a sort of genius of jokes, you know, you, you take, you know, no one knows jokes better than you, and he's like, yeah, I love to take jokes apart, and he's like, and he's like, you know, you really cracked the code of that. Sitcom conundrum, didn't you? You ever thought about passing on your knowledge to someone else? And he's like, Yeah, I suppose I have thought about, you know, passing it on so it doesn't die with me. And he's like, Well, why don't you, you know, uh, produce a sitcom for uh, some comedian to, you know, helps to star and direct in or whatever? And he's like, Yeah, but where's the fun in that for me? <laughs> oh, Jerry Seinfeld, such a dick. We hey, him. But yes, you're right. Um, you're right. Duplication, I've thought about. And obviously the first thing I thought about was cloning myself, god damn it. But yes, uh, passing knowledge on. That's definitely something one needs to do. And certainly it's something I suspect I shall be doing at some point. Mm, yes. Apollo. Please let's do father archetypes from the Tibet Book of the Dead, gang. Mother represents the end, gang. Feminine death, gang. So this glorious future does the masculine equal life or we could just talk about music, i.e. merch meaning wave litmus sweaters. <laughs> yeah, meaning wave Christmas sweaters is definitely something that, that the world requires. Uh, it's interesting how, how, how people are really getting into Christmas already. Like the streams on my Christmas lo-fi stuff have just shot up over the past couple weeks. And uh, it's only October. So Peppers, my guy. Says, my father instilled a lot of positive values for my brother and I, but I feel like I never got the sort of character hardening from him at a young age that Peterson and Jocko always talk about. As a father, how is it striking the balance between being best friends with Herc while still being that positive masculine judge? Road to 100k gang. Oh yeah. Yeah, we just hit 45k subs on YouTube. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, Which is great. You know, because... uh, it, I've worked out I think they only share my stuff with uh, 0.1% of the subscribers so uh, you know we've all we've got to do is get to 400,000 and like maybe we can get 400 people on this stream or some shit yes yes let's get it uh, yeah you know it is, that is a thing that I'm, I think about a lot and I'm, I'm quite concerned with not concerned with but conscious of uh, it is important to be that positive masculine judge I don't know if being Hercules, I'm not, I can't be Hercules' best friend, I'm his father. Now, I love him, and uh, I love him. You know, and we have a wonderful relationship, and we hang out, and we make each other laugh, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, his best friend is a little kid called Quincy who lives in Canada. You know, I'm his father. So, and I have to, you know, uh, do that. And sometimes that's a thing that me and Charlotte, might, his mother, might sometimes maybe not immediately agree on whatever sometimes she might think that i'm too harsh perhaps or or too judgmental or whatever and i think i'm like well that's what i'm supposed to do and then then i think maybe that was a little too harsh maybe or maybe not harsh enough or whatever you know it's a constant balancing thing and it's a thing that you that i'm really paying attention to and uh here's the thing what i want what i try and let hercules know is that i want not just the best for him but I want him to be the best for everything else. So if he's not being the best version of himself, then I've got to, I've got to point that out and pull that up on him, and I need to expect that. And like, sometimes that that means that I have to be stern with him when I would much rather like laugh or have a joke or whatever. But at the same time, you don't, you know, you don't want to be the overbearing, you know, asshole, evil, terrifying father who you're just scared of, and you don't want to look him in the eye because you're terrified of him type thing like you know anyway Logic Bear June Wave 2 yes Jade and JVP Father Instrumentals yeah I finished those yesterday they're in the system uh, to be released on September 26th I believe I'm trying out a different distributor for that record just to see how that goes Uh, it's important to not have all ones eggs in one basket in this modern world when a particularly violent bit of sunspot activity could wipe out a bunch of hard drives, when a particularly violent bit of ideological possessed activity could wipe out your Twitter account, or whatever it is, you know. So, yeah, that's another thing I would suggest people do. Diversify your income streams, diversify your um, avenues of distribution, whatever you're up to, definitely do that. Uh, done 1804 when Jordan gets well and goes back on tour he can introduce the lecture with some meaning wave that's right it nearly happened once it's nearly happened twice actually twice twice that nearly happened in real life um, oh shit Sir Peppers was talking about Spotify not YouTube yeah yeah Spotify is the fucking promised land Spotify we're on uh, 95,000 separate listeners a month right now so we're nearly on 100,000 listeners a month which is really fucking cool Really cool, homeless Gavin McInnes. Do you miss England? No. <laughs> there you go. There's your answer. <laughs> I do. I do miss my nan, and like you know, there's some other people in England that I'd quite like to see. I spoke about this last week. I miss you know. I miss seeing some of my homies like Big Nasty. Yeah, I haven't seen my dad for five years. Psh, that's crazy. Cool. Um, yeah. All right, how are we doing with the questions? One more question, one more, one more, one more. One more from you guys. Limited content the finite concepts is more Joey Diaz wave. I'd love to, uh, I just got to get permission from Joey Diaz to release the stuff officially. And uh, I've emailed him, I haven't had back yet. Um, I've got, yeah, anyway. Dude, Guy McPants, thank you for the super chat, says, in part because of your music, JBP and Jonathan Heights. My wife and I took the plunge and became parents. Our son is three months old. Wanted to say thanks. Well, she, well, she. I think you are gonna get this noise. That's for you. That's for you, proud of you. Proud of you. You know, um, one of the most one of the nastiest, ugliest, most horrifying memes going around these days is this meme that somehow to save the world, what you need to do is not have kids. When in fact, the opposite is the truth. The very opposite is the truth. Unless you think that you've got all the answers, unless you basically think that just that wiping out humanity is the only way to save the world, then you better have some goddamn kids because like they're gonna work things out better than you did that you can't do it all. You don't have all the psychotechnology necessary to overcome the problems that present us. So you better have some kids because if you don't have kids, that will be left to someone else to have the kids and the people having kids might be some unthinking, uh, incongruent, um, unsorted motherfuckers with messy-ass rooms, you know? So you better have some goddamn kids and you better goddamn raise them well, you know? Because we need them, man. We need them because uh, we've got a lot left to do. We haven't even been born yet as a species. We've got a lot of good, useful shit to do out there in the cosmos. We've got to get out there, so we need we need you, we need your kids, and we need their kids, and we need their kids, and that's what we need. And we need the opposite of what these creepy, evil, anti-human Mormons are proposing. Morons, not Mormons. Shouts out to the Mormons. Morons are proposing. And a uh, shout out to whoever it was who went up at that um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez town hall thing day before yesterday uh, and suggested eating babies. That was so good, that was so funny. It was such perfect satire. And it was so concerning to me that like 95% of my Twitter feed thought it was real. So it was obviously just brilliant, brilliant, perfect satire. Obviously, she said that thing about even if we nuke all the Russians, there will still be too many people on the planet. <laughs> and uh, it was very telling that nobody said you're you're insane and wrong. <laughs> they were like, "Yes, but, you know, we do have problems. We do need less people." And they like, "You fucking creepy morons, creepy anti-human morons." Shouts out to Elon Musk. Elon Musk has been doing some like epic stuff this week. That's dope so shout out to him yeah just actually just to finish that thought so like 95% of my feed that were talking about that eat the babies thing thought it was real and they were like on whichever side of the political spectrum they're on it seemed to like feed their pre-existing opinions and they were very happy to run with it uncritically which was slightly concerning but then I was like ah alright so I'm a bit disappointed with all these people who are running with it but then I was like who isn't saying anything and then it's like most of the people that I really respect didn't weren't saying anything about it. And increasingly it seems to me that you can kind of tell the smart people by like what they're not saying rather than what they are saying. And well, maybe that's always been the case. But um, yeah, the people like, like I always say about Twitter and social media in general, it's really good dojo for training yourself in the arts of non-reaction. Because you just log in and there's a million fucking things you want to instantly react to. Ah, blub, blub, and the trick is, is to not react, is to like, and then see if the thing is true or not. I failed on this this week, by the way. I failed on it. I actually tweeted something that I hadn't like researched well enough or whatever. And that was kind of an emotional reaction. It was my first fail of the year. Uh, and I did. And it was like, I got it wrong. Well, I don't know if I got it wrong. Uh, here's what happened. This Let this be an educational story of... of, um, of uh, Thinking about bias, cognitive bias, what's the word? Anyway, basically I, I, I've been out scooting with Herc and there's these adverts for this new Adams Family movie, right, these billboards, and I'm instantly annoyed because the father's now, they've, they're, they're, it's animated, it's an animated 3D Adams Family, and the father is fat right he's overweight and my memory of him from like the the last movie i saw on the tv show that he was trim and he was cool and he was a good dancer and him and his wife were really in love with each other and very passionate and that was like the central thing of that family and then i see hercules shows me the trailer because he's quite excited about this movie because it combines some things he likes uh, animation creepiness gothy things uh horror and um I'm looking at this trailer and the father's barely in it and he's kind of seems to be sidelined and he's overweight and then they show a poster at the end of the trailer. And uh, in the picture, the trailer, the, the mother is in the middle and she's got the daughter there and the son there and the, the overweight father's over on the side. And I'm like, they literally sidelined the father. And I'm like, God damn it, these fuckers, like all this culture, they're just sidelining fathers and not, no positive male role models and da 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 da, cause that's basically true. That's what you're seeing all over the place. So I'm like, uh, God damn, Adam's family. And I did, a few Google, I did a little Google just to check that the previous incarnations were as I remembered. And they were. So I was like, all right. So I tweeted a thing about it. I was like, Hollywood, Hollywood hastening its own demise. Look what they're doing. Literal sidelining of the father or whatever. Then a few people pointed out, Derek Robertson was one of them, who's the uh, co-creator of The Boys in Transmetropolitan, who's a lovely guy who I, I hung out with uh, in Vegas a few years ago and he's like the original source material that Adam's family's based on that's basically exactly what the guy looked like and the poster is a recreation of the first TV show poster look see that's all it is like it's a homage I was like, oh shit, look at me, my fucking, my confirmation bias just led me into instantly thinking the worst of this, because that's what I'm coming to expect, and led me into tweeting something into the world that was not useful, and I thought about it, and I actually debated tweeting it with my wife, because I run everything through this is it useful filter, and I decided that, well, you know, it is useful for people to be aware that there is this kind of, like, sort of agenda to sort of, like, uh put out these negative images of fathers out there because it does seem to be, I mean, it's kind of undeniable. But in this particular instance, I could be wrong. Now we'll see, maybe the movie comes out and my initial feeling was, my gut was right. Maybe it wasn't. But what I did there was I did not follow my own rules. I did not stick strongly enough to my own code and I fell into my own trap of cognitive bias by believing uh, that thing. So yeah, so you know. Constantly learning, constantly reevaluating, and just constantly paying attention and so you can see when you fuck up. That's, that's key. That's key, baby. All right, Joseph says, teacher's done. You know I try, I'll be trying to trying to learn. I'll be trying to learn, I'll be trying to pass stuff on, right? That's what you do. Uh, Adam June, when you're coming out to Chicago, you unbook book them, they will come. Someone wants me out in Chicago, uh, yeah, book me. Book me, but I will, yeah. When when we're in the touring process, definitely coming to Chicago. Chicago is one of my top cities on Spotify. I think it's number two or three of picked the amount of people in the city who listen to listen to the music. So yeah. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. And shouts uh, shout out to everyone who is here for this stream. Bless you. Shout out to everyone who's listening on the podcast. Um uh, Berlin says we were just talking with my girlfriend about how to raise our kids we want to keep alive the spirit of the father even though we're both women we decided that we want our kids to call me dad hey well god bless you god bless you and uh, good luck best of luck it's not difficult I'm sorry it is difficult it's not easy it's not easy at all Uh, it's not easy in the most typical of circumstances and it's certainly not easy in untypical circumstances but that you are paying attention and cognizant and considering these things already uh, suggests that you're likely to do uh, better than many. So good luck. Good luck. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, boom, I gotta get out of it. I gotta get out of it. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's locked in. Uh, We'll be here tomorrow for the live DJ stream. We'll be doing a special live DJ set tomorrow. Uh, I think I did a community tab asking people what kind of mixes they wanna hear. So uh, let me know about that. Um, still waiting for ThinkSpot to be fully set up. It's now saying to me the 30th. I'll let you know as soon as that's ready. Um, I'm, we're shooting some video stuff for them, with them, uh, the week after next. But anyway, I'll let you know what's going on with all that as it's going on. Uh, JBP Wave Father, the new album, is out now. We've got some dog videos dropping this week. Uh, we've got a mix, we've got a behind the scenes thing, a couple of music videos. Uh, the JBP wave uh, clean up your Room nine instrumentals are out on the 26th um, New album is in production. Keep an eye on my Instagram story for behind the scenes I try and post things on the YouTube story as well, but having to repost the same stuff Sometimes I just don't have time. So the Instagram story is the best place for behind the scenes stuff uh, Join the discord a sander, any more JBP mixes. I literally just dropped an album. You you hungry hungry sorts there will be more, don't worry, there will be more. There's much, so much more to come, so much more to come. Um, yeah, and you know, stay in touch. Let me know what you wanna hear. Let me know what you're looking forward to. You can reach me on all of the streams, the channels, the platforms, the avenues. I'll be on Twitter, I'll be on Instagram. Uh, you can uh, download all the mixes uh, on Patreon and Subscribestar. If you're supporting over there, you can get all the mixes. Uh, MeaningWave.com is getting ready to launch. Um, what else do you need to know? Go join the Discord, that's cool. Discord's a wavy place. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Adam Jun. Thoughts on Yeezy's comments about rap music's dark targeting, tonality targeting the pelvic chakra, and his Sunday service comment that he's only making gospel from now on. Well, uh, that is uh you know, he's a genius, I've told you. He sees the way that culture is going, he's ahead of shit. And as I've also told you, we are approaching peak dark in 2020, summer 2020, my calculations, put it there, and then we're swinging back in the other direction. Kanye is positioning himself ahead of the curve, as he literally always has his entire career, because he's a smart he's a smart genius, that's what he is. All right, he's a, what did he call himself? A functional genius or something? Or was that Trump? I don't know, <laughs> but yes. Uh, Corey, collaboration with Melody Sheep. I don't know Melody Sheep. Um, hook me up. Hook me up. Uh, anyway, I'm answering questions again. When I said I was leaving, so boom, I'm going. I'll be here tomorrow night for the live stream. And uh, yeah, look after yourselves. Look after each other. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Splash.